Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hello, welcome again to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswalt. I'm Meredith Salinger. Oh, we've been so crazy busy with travel and work and everything uh, in the world that's been going on, but we have so much to talk about with you and to catch you up on. And today we're going to be reading your emails, listening to your speak pipes, and we're going to basically clean house and get all cut up. We've had a lot of guests so we, we haven't been, uh, we've been really delving into the minds of our guests and not necessarily the minds of our listeners, and that's not cool, because we care about you. We care about your minds. Well, the minds of our guests uh, represent the minds of our, li- I mean, everyone's mind is, you know, a universal thing. I'm getting spiritual today, guys. Yeah, but our guests are so much better than our horrible listeners, so we're today, <laughs> You're we're all- going to look at, at your drab, wretched lives <laughs> and try to bring uh, e- even the tiniest glimmer of light to them. Listen, right now, there's a lot of people just really having a good time on a road trip who are like, hey, let's listen to this funny podcast as we drive to Ojai to do ayahuasca in the woods. Oh. I bet oh you there's God. someone doing that, and then there's someone else, like, folding their record. laundry. You know, you know that I'm about to start um, experimenting now that my um, uh, specialist behind me and I have some breathing time. I'm going to start experimenting with microdosing. That friend of mine sent me the the chocolate bar and the gummies hey with man, the instructions. I don't know if that's a legal thing. I don't know if like telling everyone you're about to do something illegal. Half half of the podcasts are about microdosing and taking illegal drugs. Really? Literally, yeah, that no one cares. Okay. Yeah. Um hey, uh DEA guys, come arrest me. <laughs> They, they, how embarrassing would that be if they're like, you know, we were uh, we we acted on a tip. And what was the tip? We, we listened to a, an episode of his podcast, and he said that he was going to be taking some, he was going to be microdosing. So we decided to arrest him. <laughs> like, that'd be the, remember that there was a, a story a little while back. Uh, this cop, you know how they always like to put drugs and money on the table when they've made a big bust. Oh, I love when they do that. Well, um, they totally make fun of that on the wire. Why? Because it, it's because they're like it, it's totally useless. It means you've busted a bunch of corner boys. You got nowhere close to the source. It's just for the evening news. Because the guy goes tonight. I don't care how you do it. Guns and drugs on a table. That's what I want for the news. <laughs> and it's meaningless. But there's a, oh, I got to find the story. But there's a cop, I believe, if, if our crack research team could uh, quickly look over there, there was this cop in Ohio that busted, I, I literally, I think it's like seven joints or something. No. But he took a picture of himself, like, with the joints on the table, like. As if that's look, a big bust. Look out, Ohio. We, we've got it clamped down. And it's so sad. Like it, I thought it was an Onion article, but it's real. So that kind of thing. So yeah, again, uh, any uh, any DEA uh, operations going on right now where you want to, uh, uh, where you're trying to uh, make a big big money bust? Why not get the the fourth co lead from King of Queens uh, microdosing with some gummies? That'll <laughs> that'll show the cartel. <laughs> I do wonder if it is illegal though. I think it. I mean, listen. Every the, the fact that the, the fact that the candy bar that the guy sent me with the microdosing has. Oh my god! You I, just like admitted to mail fraud. No FBI shit. Well, but the the candy bar that I was sent 
literally has the name of the company and an address and a website. If, if, they're, if they're doing illegal stuff, they're doing it very badly because they have their headquarters on the side of the product. I have no idea what's legal I, or I, illegal. I'm, I'm assuming it's fine. Okay. But anyway, I'm going to start like – what I'm saying is because I'm going to start microdosing and start experimenting with that, um, uh, maybe down the road we do a show where we're, where we're dosing and see what <laughs> – See where that goes. Oh my god, that would go be... in the woods with some uh, uh, mobile mics. <laughs> mobile mic. Mobile mic. <laughs> He's also your dealer. Mobile mo- mic. A mobile mic. He brings you pot. He brings you a podcast on demand. Head in the, out to the, in the woods, woods. Take our gummies. That would be really funny. It's like <laughs> it's it's sort of like uh, I love Doug Benson's podcast. Getting Doug with high. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because. But his is ju- is it just weed or is it is it everything? No, he just smokes weed. Oh okay. I think. I don't th- at this point I don't really know that weed affects him all that much. He's so sharp. <laughs> it's not like you're seeing someone under an altered state when Doug Benson is on weed. It's not like, oh, you, you know how n- Doug normally is? Well, wait till you see him on weed. Like it's you know, not that much of a difference. It sort of reminds me of um I know the George Carlin documentary just came out yes. and um they were talking in the documentary about how he had uh a trajectory in his career where he sort of shifted his comedy a little bit to a to a more relaxed kind of open not so buttoned up suit kind of thing and there are all these different comedians who are talking heads on the thing you're one of them mm-hmm. and you said something so astute which was it wasn't so much that he had transformed or changed his comedy in any way it was more like prior to being his free kind of more hippie-ish self he was buttoned up trying to be a different person. What did you say, honey? Instead of, well, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he, um, instead of uh, transforming, he dismantled the costume he had put on himself before he put himself out in front of the public. That the George Carlin that you saw in the nice button-up suit uh, and the tie and the, and the sharp haircut was... That was the transformation. Yeah, he um, put that on to be on air for like a, a civilization to, to do, who could yeah. uh, receive it that way. It was more palatable but, for them to receive it. But that also, way. but he wasn't really doing any of his countercultural um, uh, wall Comments bursting on, stuff. He was yeah. just doing very straight ahead. Although you know, they, they said he was doing some coded stuff that. People, like when he was doing um, Al Sleet, your hippy-dippy weatherman, he basically was playing a character who is stoned, um, but most square Americans saw it and said, oh, he's playing a dumb guy. Oh. But the people that knew what he was doing was like, oh, that's a guy who's stoned. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but then, as he says, it, it's an amazing documentary. It's a two-part documentary about – I was already a George Carlin fan. I did not know that he went through the depths of darkness that he went through when he went through – his stuff and then and came out the other side. But um, one of the big things that transformed him, and he says it very openly, um, is he started taking LSD in the mid-60s. And that is what helped him start to see through that, wait a minute, everything I'm doing here. There's a clip of him. He's on a variety show. It's him, Buddy Rich, and another guy, like some other crooner. And they're all in suits, and they're singing when I when I was very young, it was a very good year. And George j- looks like he wants to die. He he, you can tell he's just screaming oh. to get out of this world that he has that he's doing very well in, but it's not him, and he's crawling out of his skin. Oh. And there's another clip of a an, another early variety show like the the Fun Time Hour, 
um, that George Carlin was a regular on with today's guest comedian, Richard Pryor, who is wow. clean shaven in a nice um, cardigan sweater and a shirt. And he and George are just doing good, like the most un-George Carlin, un-Richard Pryor stuff you've ever seen in your life. Wow. And they're both about to go through. Richard Pryor's about to have his massive nervous breakdown in Vegas, and George is about to start taking acid and expanding his mind that way. But you're seeing them pre-transformation. It's fascinating. Wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. So what you're what you're listening to now, this isn't me, man. I'm going to start dosing and we're going to see the real me in a few years. <laughs> what if I start what if I start dosing but I go like totally like alt right oh weird race realist no, no. replacement theory like it takes me in the absolute worst direction. It can't. It can't. Cuz but here's the thing is, I don't really do any I've I've only taken a couple of acid trips in my life. So as since I'm already, I feel like I'm I'm pretty open minded and and woke. But so is the only way for me to go if I take these drugs is to then go the horrible. Absolutely not. Um, I was gonna say it would be it is strange to me that you even want to attempt to do this microdosing thing because you are not a hallucinogenic type person. You like the you're not a really you don't smoke pot. You don't do anything like that. You mm-hmm. do occasionally have a glass of red wine or a, a shot of or a whiskey, a, a glass of whiskey or a bottle. No, you do not. <laughs> um, but so for me, when you said, oh, you want to try that? I was like, oh, that's so interesting because that doesn't seem like your personality at all. And then I'm like, oh, no, what if what if you do it? And then <laughs> you like have some sort of revelation and you change the person you you're so wonderful i don't want you to like have- well i i don't think that expanding your mind and becoming even more sensitive to the universe will will lead you to anything bad no and i don't if anything so i think that um and again it's something i'm going to Unless- experiment with i'm not saying this will now become my life it's <laughs> something i i mean again you want to try it yeah and 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 the acid that i took back in the 90s was very bad it was very speedy um acid has changed in the 30 years since then um, hallucinogens, psilocybin, they've become way more refined and, and better than the stuff that I used to have. You know, it was so fascinating to me. There is an incredible study. You can find the video online. Uh, there's a scientist, and he takes this regular housewife. Oh, this is back in the 50s. This is in the 50s. Like early experiment with, with when lysergic acid was being used as a therapeutic tool, and it was legal. And they, this one, they're online. You can see this this test and it's filmed and mm-hmm. there's a regular 1950s housewife kind of mm-hmm. like a Mrs. Cunningham yeah. and the scientist gives her LSD and he's interviewing her and then he and then it's you know she sits quietly and it starts to kick in and then he starts asking her questions and it's the most fascinating thing to watch because she's just like oh I wish you could just see what I'm seeing oh the colors <laughs> and it's just so incredible um and it makes me feel like people need to have that experience. Well, yeah, that was, again, a lot of very famous people back in the 50s were um, given LSD as part of um, psychoan- psychoanalysis. Um, uh, uh, Cary Grant did LSD under a doctor's supervision, as did Ronald Reagan. Wow. I'll tell you something really fascinating. So many years ago, I... Uh, was cast in a show called Operation Midnight Climax, mm-hmm. and I thought this was a short film. Yeah, it was a sh- it was a it was a short film series. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but I think it was a series. I don't know what it was. Anyway, it sounds like porn. It's not. Um, it's actually 
a show based on a true pol- uh, political thing that happened back in the 50s um, when the government, I think it was during the Russian Cold War. I believe it was the CIA that did this. Yeah, the yeah. CIA was very concerned at the time that its operatives would somehow be drugged by the Russians and give they up their secrets. They were very worried about mind control. Any idea about mind control. So this was part of the panic, yeah. And so they did this operation. What they wanted, the government wanted to do was test their operatives to see if under the influence of LSD, mm-hmm. they would give up government secrets. Right. And what they did, and this is true, they went to a brothel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the show that I'm in, I play the madam of this brothel who worked with the government mm-hmm. and made her girls, uh, the girls all took you know, the CIA agents into their rooms to mm-hmm. you know, have sex with them or whatever. And they drugged them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know they were being drugged. Mm-hmm. They would the girls would like give them a glass of water and there'd be LSD in it. And they would film what happened to the operatives and then see if they would give it up. And mm-hmm. so this was a real thing. Operation Midnight Climax that the government orchestrated to test drugs on their own agents. And uh Wait a minute. They weren't I'm sorry. They weren't initially concerned that their agents were going to a whorehouse because just through sheer post-climactic pillow talk, you could let things slip. That would also be chief among my concerns even before the acid got into them was uh, a post-orgasmic agent (laughs) might blab something to a hooker. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe it was a mixture of those things. Like, here you're going to feel really free to say whatever you want to say. Let's just see if you do it. (laughs) But anyway, so it was very cool. I'll post pictures on our Instagram Mm -hmm. of some of the the look from back then. But what I'm saying is maybe test it like if they're at a lunch counter or having a dinner. Because, again, it's problematic enough that they're going. If if you are a field agent, if you're visiting a brothel, that's a um, that's a uh, uh, um, that's a weak point right there anyway. You can get information out of them that way. In fact, I think there were way darker aspects to it. Some of their agents ended up killing themselves, had permanent brain damage. There's a couple of Netflix documentaries about the aftermath of that. There's a great book called Legacy of Ashes. Um, about the suicides that happened because of their LSD experimentation. I don't know if any of these guys uh, ended up committing suicide, but it also, again, this was early, raw, chemically uh, created LSD hallucinogens. So uh, it wasn't like fun, natural, mellow mushroom right. stuff. This was made in the lab, stamped out on Ausley's floor. <laughs> Here we go, you know, so. So. Yeah, as you enter into your dabbling into the psychedelic world, mm-hmm. keep in mind all well, these things that people do. Well, maybe we'll have you dress like a, a prostitute, and then you can bring me like a chocolate bar on a tray, and then uh, so we'll recreate the whole experiment. Yeah, you can pretend to be a CIA agent, exactly. and I'll pretend to be a. Murderer. I'll get a bad buzz cut and then wear a tight suit and just come in. Well, hey. I'd like I'd like a bar of chocolate, please. Yeah, that's one. Sure. I'm sure uh, that's just one of the many character things we do in the bedroom, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. We play CIA and hooker. We, well, we play hooker dosing CIA agent. That's one of our fun sex games. and There'll be pictures on the Instagram. Uh, hey, if you guys well, want to join our Patreon and hear about all our oh sex toys, just kidding. Boy. We don't have a Patreon. We don't have one. Not yet. Hey, we'll be right back. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, welcome back. Patton, Mm -hmm. how you doing? I'm really good. I just, I texted you something. I don't know if you got it yet. Did you send it today? I did. Right before we started the show. Right before we started this. We don't even talk to each other, people. <laughs> we Why, text each other. Hey. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We do talk it would to be, each other. It would be disrespectful to all the hard work that the people at Apple and uh, and iPhone put into their technology if I were to speak to my wife instead of texting her. Okay. I see the text. Do you want to tell us what it is all well, about? Well. Legend. Can I read it? Yes. Legends of Laughter, action figure line to feature iconic comedians. Wait, what? Well, okay. So oh my there's God, this are you going to get called... an action figure? No, I'm not. And Why? I And I don't want one. Look. You're the... made, actually, you're made to be a bobblehead. You really, you, you already look like a bobblehead. Well, this, um, uh, this, this uh, company called the Nacelle Company, which is a, uh, uh, the parent company to a really good stand-up comedy label called Comedy Dynamics. Uh, they're unveiling something called the Legends of Laughter action figure line featuring uh, comedy legends. Their first three releases are Lenny Bruce, Joan Rivers, and Bill Hicks. Bill um, Hicks. Bill Hicks. Uh, this release marks the first time the diversified media company, known for Netflix's The Toys That Made Us, a toy store near you, and the movies that made us, as well as Behind the Attraction, have blended both of its established brands into one collectible. Um, sprinkle in some nostalgia and you have what's likely to be a winning combination. I'm reading from the article right now. So, the, the thing... The oh my God, about, I love this idea. I don't, and here's why. Tell me why, because I do. I think that um, stand-up comedians should be um, slightly one step outside of the, the mass media, mass consumption. And if they are, the, the, by dint of what they do, which is trying to topple the mighty or deflate a lot of empty balloons, if they are now idolized and held up as some sort of, I mean, again, there, there's the the Lenny Bruce action figure. So you're like, and does that come with heroin accessories or a um, or a, a, a thing of rubber to tie off his arm? Like like each of these, I just think Bill Hicks would not have been. I not that I was friends with him. I worked with him a few times. He would not be into the idea of himself being an action figure. That being said, there's a Ruth Bader Ginsburg action figure. There's a Hillary Clinton action well, figure. There's an Obama. There because know, they, they're part of the. Right, but if the you... establishment that is their part of the the of the thing that's running things, these are the people that are slightly outside that. of it. Not Comment. only commenting on it, but going, "Hey, can we maybe take a breath here for a second and hold up?" Like, in other words, Lenny Bruce, Bill Hicks, and Joan Rivers would be the kind of people that go, "Hold up on a, a second before you give us action figures. Let me just look at this for a second. Yes, but it isn't for them. It is for the people who love them. And if you collect action figures, you collect what you want to have in your home. So, mm-hmm. um, f- for example, you know, they make, there are these, you know those prayer candles that have Jesus on it and, yeah. and all that thing? Well, they make them, you know, in novelty places like bookstores and at Oz and, and all, and like... Oh, yeah. And they have them of Obama. And I Everybody. have one. I have one of mm-hmm. Obama because everyone knows I worship him. Um, so, 
having something in your home of someone that you love, like how great would it be if you love comedians and you love that that thing to have like an action figure of Eddie Murphy in his little red leather suit. <laughs> like his little have, red leather suit. You know, have that little action figure uh, with a little microphone and then you've got like a, you know, you got the, you know, Bill Cosby sitting on a chair with a pudding pop and uh, his little sweater. I don't think people are going to mm. want that. You don't really you don't think the Bill Cosby action figure would uh, sell? I don't know, you could have like a whole thing of like <laughs> the bad guys, it, you know, like have a little Harvey Weinstein in jail and have like <laughs> canceled collectibles with Roman Polanski, Woody Allen, Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> and Bill Cosby. Oh my god, that'd be so funny. Oh my god, canceled collectibles. Yeah, so Oh my god, did we just invent that? You did, but let's do it. <laughs> Trademark um, can't canceled. How do you do candles and canceled? It's those saint candles, With but they've the been canceled. canceled. Yeah, canceled candles. Can, can, canceled. Can, canceled. Yeah, canceled. Anyway, I don't think it's. I think I understand what you're saying. That comedians are sort of the commenters on society. They're the ones who kind of they, put they, things into perspective. They there's puncture no, idols. Of course they do. And there's no reason to idolize those that puncture idols. And yet, that's why people love comedians so very much. Because you get a new perspective when you go to see them. And who wouldn't... Like, people... Listen, I'm going to say something. Mm-hmm. We went to dinner recently. Mm-hmm. You and I got invited to this super cool dinner. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we were in Chicago. And it was mm-hmm. awesome. And as we were leaving... All of us that were walk, we walked, we went from the restaurant to back to our hotel. We're walking, and yeah. these three fire trucks start zooming in, mm-hmm. and they're and we're like, oh shit, something going down. Like there's a fire nearby, <laughs> or someone's dead. It looks serious. The way looked, they pulled up, it looked very it, serious. Three huge trucks, and they literally stopped right in front of us. And one of the as the guys are like rushing out of their trucks and putting their gear on, one of the firemen looks at you and he goes, Ben. <laughs> and they all the firemen got so excited and they're all smiling and like looking at you and like and they're like hey pat Oswalt," and you're like hey guys is everything okay is someone gonna die yeah maybe go and is then, someone dying go go deal with that i'm then, just the, i'm just the voice of ratatouille and then they were all laughing and like you just made them so happy mm. and then they kind of rushed off to go save someone and you and i were like oh my god that was crazy. <laughs> Literally, like the firemen are like, Pat Oswalt. You're like, don't you have to go rescue someone right get, now? Get, yeah, get get in your uh, get your game face on. Don't look at me right now. Someone's dying. Probably. Yeah, it was hilarious. But the point is, is that all kinds of people get joy and pleasure and learn I, things from yeah. comedians. Don't listen. Don't be false modest here. No, no, I'm not being it's false not about modest. You. I'm just saying it's not. No, it's not even about me. It, it's just I'm general, saying that the the piercing. Okay. This is going to sound a little well, weird. Well, just like teachers and politicians and Supreme Court justices should not be idolized. Nobody every, Teachers should be. Right, but they the point is teachers and they're the ones who are who are teaching about society, commenting on and you're saying you're you're relegating action figures to be only superheroes and um you know, characters when in fact real people are often more exciting to most people, and wouldn't it be great to have a little action figure? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not articulating this well at all because I just got sent this link, and then I just sent it to you, so I'm still forming my thoughts, but something just doesn't land for me here, and I don't know what it is. Okay, I don't well, know for why you. It, hey, it's For just, me, you know what, for me. Yeah, it's personal choice, man. If you don't want an abortion, <laughs> don't get one. Wow, this took a, the hardest left 
turn. We just took a rental car and uh, took it up to 80 and threw it into reverse to see what would happen. Wow. Action figures, abortions. its They're all linked, folks. They are. If you, it's your choice. You should have the choice to collect action figures or have an abortion. In fact, that was always the... Uh, that was the line on the Mego Star Wars action figures. Folks, collect all of your favorite Star Wars characters or get an abortion. <laughs> Both are allowed in this galaxy and a galaxy far, far away. Well, you know, freedom of choice, man. That's all I have to say. Freedom all right. of choice. Freedom of choice. So, yeah, so that, so that was... Uh, but I would love, I think, if there were... And, and it's really fun, actually, having been an actress and played different characters, mm -hmm. um, and for you as well. Having the action figures of the characters that we've played is so <laughs> fun. Like, you've got a little uh, model of Ratatouille. Oh, there's, well, there's, got... there's three Funko um, figures of characters that I've played, none that I've played in person. But there's a Remy one, there's a Happy one, and then there's a Max one. What's Max? Oh, the dog from yeah. Secret Life of Pets. So there's three of those. Yeah, and then we did an episode of My Little Pony, and they sent us little action figures of our ponies. They haven't, but they haven't officially made them. That was just in house. I'm talking about like to have it out in the world. And then I did. Uh, I I play the voice of Barris Offie in Star Wars: The Clone Wars, and oh, there's I, a Lego figure. I have a Lego figure. I have an action figure. There's like a bunch of action figures, nice. and I have them all, and I love them. And I played a character. For Lego DC superheroes of Lashina, and I have her as a little Lego, Lego mm. and it's fun. But you just don't think being a real person. I just those are fun fictional characters. The I, and and not, by the way, I'm not even against having action figures of real persons. There's just something about what a comedian does, what he or she does. Yeah, I get it. Doesn't lend itself to an action. I don't know why it I get didn't it. land right with me. You know what I remember? I remember this is good. I'm not trying to get uh, gloomy or personal, but um, a few years ago, somebody, you know, those devotional candles you're talking about with Obama on mm -hmm. them, and you know, someone, there was a company that was making ones with Michelle on them as like the, the patron saint of true crime. And they sent me one, and I was like, it didn't bum me out. It made me laugh because I'm like, this is the kind of thing she kind of would have made fun of. Yeah. Because she was not about, she was like, if you knew, the, it, you basically made a candle about someone who's just in bed obsessively doing something on her computer. So thank you, but it, it, like, it, it, she would have laughed at that. Yeah, she would have loved it. Yeah, but, yeah, that's, yeah. but that's kind of like the whole novelty of it. You laugh right. at the thing. It's kind of like an enjoyment. It's kind of like a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. That's it's, true. And it's funny. And it's like, you know, nobody's thinking of it as like this huge, serious thing. It's more like, oh, my God, I have an Obama prayer <laughs> candle. It's so funny. Um, yeah, it is pretty funny. But one one thing that's great, we had my friend um, Seth Green on the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Seth created Robot Chicken, and he has this uh, studio called Stupid Buddy Studios where mm -hmm. they do all the stop-motion animation, and they have yeah. little rooms where they make action figures. Um, and this is a passion of his. So even at home in his house, he's got his little office. Oh, yeah. And in his office, he has made – we have a group of friends mm – -hmm. um, and he has made an action figure for each of our friends. Wow. And so they're all posed. So he's got all of us. And he he kind of like when he was making my action figure, he was like, okay, tell me what kind of things you want her to have. Like, what do you want her to look like? What, right, what's the right. vibe you want for her? Or he'll just come up with things for you. And so he's got action figures of himself and his wife Claire that he's made in all different sizes. He's got the twelve inch action figure, the nine inch, the wow. three and he's got them all in different outfits and he poses them and it's really fun and it's real people. 
that he made action figures about. Yeah, there's a lot of those um, action figure modifiers. There's a guy, uh, Jamie Follis, Siloff.com, who I've spoken about before, but he does these incredibly elaborate alternate universe, what if Star Wars was a Western, what if it was an old film noir, um, and what would those corresponding action figures look like? And it's fuck, he's fucking brilliant. And and then I commissioned those three different sets from him. The the Road Warrior one, Star Wars has done like a Road Warrior film, the Russ Meyer one, Faster Empire, Attack, Attack, and then the War Galactic, which is um, the Wes Anderson Star Wars film. That one is so incredible. Which was so beautiful. Describe it to everybody because he, the, uh, people aren't going to understand what this he, is. You know how Wes Anderson is this very twee, handmade, kind of delicate. So he basically retold the story of Star Wars, but it's about a struggling little theater company that is fighting against a big, evil construction company that wants to wipe out this cute little you know, community theater. Um, and uh, the way he did the figures, so Luke is a young writer, and Ben is this old uh, director, and um, Darth Vader is the head of this real estate conglomerate. Um, his his uh, advanced men all wear the same uh, white suit with black tie, basically the stormtroopers. Um, Han Solo is the carpenter at the theater. His faithful dog, uh, Chewbacca. Like, it's just... It looks like it's a he so built, well done. He built well, this dollhouse. Well, he we, did the thing that and um, uh, uh, Steve Zissou and the Life Aquatic, which is the cut in half view of the submarine, so you can look inside. So he did the same thing with the house, where you see each person in their little environment. Right. It looks like a big dollhouse, mm-hmm. and uh, it's yeah, it's cut open, so you can see the rooms. And every room is decorated exactly like a Wes Anderson film. And the action figures of the Star Wars guys are in their rooms, respectively. And uh, it's incredible. I gave it to Stupid Buddy because there wasn't really a place to put in our house. But I think eventually I'm going to find a place to hang that in the house because I think it It is is so cool. So gorgeous. And it's such a piece. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's such an amazing piece. I feel like we should have that back. I can get it back. And and actually, I kind of know exactly where I'd like to hang it, too. Oh, um, well, we'll talk about that at, yeah. uh, at home because nobody at, wants to hear that. <laughs> no one wants to hear that here. Um, we didn't let this on at the beginning of the episode because uh, we have just uh, gone through a bit of a tragedy, have we not? Well, it was— We're in the aftermath of a tragedy. In the after, It was more a tragedy for my mother than it was for oh, us. Oh, boy, what happened? But so, Wait, I don't need—hang on. I know what happened. We're about to tell you what happened. So my mom was recently visiting my grandma mm-hmm. who is a hundred years old a hundred in Atlanta Georgia which means she was born in 1960 <laughs> that's um, how it feels by the way the way time's going so uh we didn't register stuff for when we got married no we never I we never, didn't need anything we were fine yeah I never got anything fancy like no. I've never had China I've never had like silver no. like you know how people register for fancy yeah. stuff when they get married so we don't have anything in fact the dishes that we have are like the hand-me-down dishes that my sister gave me from, yeah yeah so anyway um but you know in the old days grandparents and great-grandparents they would have like a set of China oh yeah and like a set of silver and a set of crystal and all mm-hmm. these fancy things that you know, the older generations, old grandmas might have. And so when I was a little girl, I would be at my grandma's house Uh and I would see um, this pink china set, these dishes, dishes and cake plates and teapots. All of it. Like the whole set. A whole world. A whole world of cute, pretty things like Mm -hmm. tea party stuff. And (laughs) when I was a little girl, I was like, oh, pink's my favorite color. Oh, I love this so much. This is so pretty. 
And so for years, my mom has always said to me, it was actually her grandma's pink dishes that mm-hmm. were at her mother's house. And she said she wanted to give them to me. And all these years, they've been at my aunt's house who had them, you know, stashed away somewhere. So my mom went back and she's like, Meredith, you're married now. You should have these pretty things to have people (laughs) over. I'm going to send these to you. Mm -hmm. And so she went and took all the beautiful, over 100-year-old dishes to UPS to have them Mm -hmm. wrapped and shipped. It cost her a fortune to send it. Mm-hmm. I was like, Mom, let me reimburse you for that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. She's like, no, no, no. This is my gift to you and Pat, and you should have this. And they're my grandma's dishes and da 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 So finally, these three big, very heavy boxes arrive at my house. And my mom's like, let me come over and help you unpack them. And so yesterday, she came over to our house to help unpack. Mm-hmm. And we opened them up. And the very top, there's this super duper well-wrapped bubble wrap paper and it took an hour to like unwrap this one thing Mm -hmm. which was like teapot oh yeah perfect condition the Mm -hmm. teapot everything else was broken (laughs) every it was like crumbling everything else oh god whoever fucking packed this thing didn't they did the teapot beautifully and because i think my mom said to them be very careful with the teapot and right. everything else, they just sort of like... Put a piece of paper between each one and that's it. That's Off it. Off they go. Yep. And everything arrived broken. And my mom, I could, <laughs> I have the video <laughs> of my mom being like, oh, Meredith, I'm heartsick. Oh, God, I wanted this for you. I wanted you to have this. I'm like, Mommy, it's really okay. Yeah. And, and the funny thing was, my best friend, when I told her that I was going to be that I, my mom sent me this beautiful mm-hmm. china. She's like, you might as well just keep it in the box because you're never going to ha- open it. Yeah. You're never going to use it. You don't host parties. You don't cook. Yeah, exactly. She's like, why don't you just save it and give it to Alice in 50 years? Smart. And and I was like, no, 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 I will. I think I will have a tea party. I think I probably will because I really think those dishes are beautiful. My mom, we're heart sick. She's like, oh, God, Meredith. Well, we have to save every broken piece and save all the boxes because we have to take it all back to UPS. I was like, Mom, we don't need to save the boxes. We could take a picture of the label. We'll take a picture of all the broken stuff. And you can just show UPS the broken stuff. You don't have to keep these huge boxes with broken right, china in right, them. Right, 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 right. Anyway, she had like a heart attack, basically. And she's like, you have to keep them. I don't have room in my house. So... Anyway, we 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 have them somewhere. We where, have, where were they put? I put them in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> All broken box boxes with broken china inside. Now, meanwhile, I posted a picture of the broken china, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody's like, "You can, you know, there's this. You can glue them back together with gold." I'm like, "Well, I know all about." This Japanese method oh, of yeah. repairing porcelain. What's it called? It's called kintsugi. Kintsugi. And the reason I know about kintsugi mm-hmm. is because I actually, at the beginning of coronavirus, uh, had sold two shows. Uh, one is an animated show and one is a live-action comedy show. And uh, it's sort of based on sort of based on our life of mm-hmm. uh, a single freewheeling woman mm-hmm. who's anti-mare extraordinaire who meets and falls in love with a widower and blah, blah, blah. And the, the, the log line for my pilot was how you take a, a broken family or something terrible, a tragedy that happened, and you put it together and you make something different and beautiful. Wow. And so that our relationship after Michelle had passed away, 
that you know everybody was so broken and yeah. never thought it could ever be beautiful again and years later as you you know put things together and they you grow from the tragedy and the heartache and you make something beautiful and so the art of kintsugi is repairing these broken dishes mm -hmm. with gold but meanwhile that's like freaking expensive who's going to do that <laughs> <laughs> and i do know that you can actually go on amazon and you can order an at-home kintsugi kit maybe i'll try and do it myself but wait a second if it's if you're repairing it with gold yeah and you're putting hot liquid or hot food on it doesn't that melt the gold like won't it then come apart or you can't wash them can you i have no idea oh. but 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 Japanese vases oh, yeah. that have been repaired with gold are gorgeous, and they're in museums everywhere. Like, it's really in a museums. special thing. I don't think they're just in someone's house. Well, no, house, I'm sure though, people or, yeah. have them in their homes. Yeah. I think that's one way of repairing things. You make it obvious. You know, you don't just glue it so it's like, oh, shit, there's that little crack right there. That sucks. You do it so it's more interesting and more beautiful. I feel like there has to be an app that you can link to your camera phone and just um, wave it over the pattern on the china, and it tells you well, what it is and where you can find it. That's and, you know. actually... Exactly what happened. What? I, I posted on Twitter. Is there an app for it? There's an app for it. <laughs> I, What's the app called? Well, I posted on Twitter the broken dishes and I had- China comma girl. <laughs> China girl. China girl. Um, There is an app. Well, I posted on Twitter, hey, I want to try to find this pattern. Mm -hmm. um, the teapot is alive, but everything else is broken <laughs> and it would be nice to have these things. And I said, is there a way to identify this? And everybody's like, yeah, Google Lens. That there's an app on your phone that you could take a picture of something, and then Google Lens can find it, like match oh. it to something online where you can buy it. And so all these people were very, God, I love Twitter for good things. <laughs> yeah. Twitter can really be for good. It can be for bad, but it can also be for good. You can, Although you can use it for good, and somebody will try to make it seem like you're doing something bad, which I'll talk about in a second. Go oh, ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so friends on Twitter were like, I found it for you. You can get replacement china at a place called Replacements LTD or something like that online. So I did. I went online and I found it, and there was only two. So I've got yeah. two plates. <laughs> That's how you build your empire. <laughs> yeah. From a single seed. Um, so anyway, my mom's devastated, and I called her this morning because she had insured the boxes. I think she insured it for like $250, and... The it's way like even buying one of those dishes from the replacement place is like fifty dollars. It's like impossible. So she clearly didn't insure it for enough. She's heartbroken, and so she's trying to see if she can get the insurance for what broke. Mm -hmm. But she but I called her this morning. She's like, I'm just heartsick. I'm heartsick. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, it's okay. It's just a thing. It's just okay. Sorry. I wanted you to have this, and I, I wanted you and Patton to have this. Anyway, she's very dramatic. Oh, Donnie. Um, I flew home yesterday uh, from Madison, Wisconsin. My flight left at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I get to the airport at 6 a.m., and there's a little coffee stand near my gate, and there is a kid. One of the uh, cashiers, one of the baristas, is this young African-American guy, and he's just is the sunniest, funniest, just making everyone in line happy and really good patter and just getting everyone in a good mood. And you could see that people were like either the people that were dealing with him directly or the people that were in line were just being put in a good mood by, by like him. Just enjoying his It's presence. just what he was doing. And yeah. then I got my, my coffee and then I sat nearby just to listen to him because I was still very, very tired and not in a good mood. And he was just putting me in a good mood. And then I took a picture of the stand and Cora Coffee in the Madison uh, airport, which only has 10 gates. And then uh, and also took a picture of him and said, 
I don't know who this guy is, but he is making everyone in line happy, and he made me happy. Um, I tipped him big. If you if you see him today, you know that's Give just him. just a little nod to someone spreading sunshine. Yeah. And for the most part, yes, people on and I posted on Twitter, you know, uh, with the location, Madison Airport and Cora Coffee, and um, of course, uh, there were the. Um, for again, eighty percent of the people were like, "Oh, that's really nice. It's good when people are, you know, mm-hmm. you're recognizing." But of course, then of course come the. Um, uh, tr- there were three lines of criticism on that tweet. Can you guess what the three lines of criticism One were? One is uh, you're posting something about a person who might not want to be posted about. Uh, yes, there was the was that picture taken with consent? Right. That yeah. Was it? What if he's and someone? Someone and ver- what if someone he's very, hiding from the law? Well, someone very seriously <laughs> said, "What if he's in witness protection?" And then someone else pointed out. So he's working at a public coffee stand where a lot of people in an airport where, where a lot of people him. would see you. What, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Okay. Yes, that was the one. Was that taken with consent? Okay. I don't know. What what the th- other two. Uh, the other two was, uh, oh, so of course you tipped big. So this is about you. Oh, fuck You're bragging you. about how rich you are. Oh, my God. And, and I'm like, I'm I'm saying it so that other people will tip him during the day. I'm just yeah. trying to get a little, little cash mob going for him. Yeah. And then the third and really, really obscure one was... Um, uh, and there were there were a couple of these though, which is, uh, oh, rich white guy helps out a poor black kid. Oh my god! A little white savior. Jesus Here we go, Christ. another white savior. Uh, good for you, buddy. Like, can't you just do something oh, nice for someone without? My god. But they're really just trolls, babe. They're really well, just trolls. That's the other thing too that I've realized is there there are people that they do. However, damn. Yes, some of those people were trolls. Like, can I get any kind of reaction? But I think some people really are. That damn you, you you realize how much hurt people carry around with them and how damaged they are, and certain things. There are people out there that just very basic courtesy and kindness sets them off. And I've said this before. Um, it's like when an abused dog finally gets owners that for the first time are actually petting it, mm-hmm. and being nice, and it flinches because it's never seen that in mm-hmm. its life. And the only thing it's comfortable with is abuse and noise and um, yeah. negativity. Well, it's sort of like what's happening in the world, how you know Democrats are trying to help get student debt canceled. Oh, my um, God, because, yeah. Because it's... the interest rates are so high that you know if you had borrowed $25,000 or something like that, uh, people still owe like $115,000 because of the interest rates. You're, and you're so doomed for life. You can never get life. a start. And so there are so many Democrats who are like, let's – cancel student debt this is ridiculous and then there's a bunch of fucking republicans who are like well that's not fair to the people who actually paid their debts already and we can't because it's not fair for the other people so it's sort of like let's find a cure for cancer no my dad died from cancer everyone should die from cancer too late no we're not going to cancel student debt we had to go through it you have to go through it well nothing sets people and especially um laura ingraham was Calling out about how I worked hard on my mom, and then someone pointed out, "Well, no, you're you're lying. Your dates are actually, you know, you were way more successful and could have helped your mom." And this is, and nothing sets off rich people more than if you imply that they didn't have as hard a life as they try to tell you that they had. Yeah. They get real. No, I'm real. I worked my way up. Eh, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. Although, again, there are certain people, and 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 I'm linking this back to something earlier. I was talking about a movie that I really really liked. Um, that movie, um, Playground, and, and I said it's from Film Movement, and then people on, and I did a long post about it on Twitter, and then someone said, you know, it's streaming for free on Canopy right now, and I said, good old Canopy. Yeah, yeah. Thank God, yes, go to Canopy. And then there was someone who, 
yeah, like I can afford another streaming service. Uh, and then I said, um, by the way, that's a legit complaint. Yeah, of course. Which is, and then I decided to, I responded politely like, and said, hey. actually, Canopy is free with a library card. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. And then his response was, that's great if you have a library card. You're like, dude, like, a library yeah. card is free. Exactly. Like, oh, those elites who <laughs> have access library. to a library card. I'm, yeah, you know what? I do know someone. That's how I was able to get my yeah, library she's card. Called a librarian. It's called a librarian. I walked in, like, can I get a card here? Yeah, great. <laughs> like, it was the stupidest. But I'm like, oh, that per, but in a weird way, I made his day because he's actually only happy if there's something to bitch about. Right. In other words, if, if I'd come to him, if I'd said, give me your address, I'll just send you a DVD of the movie, he'd be like, fuck you, I don't need, like, he, that kind of, st- I don't take away the thing that actually makes me happy. Don't yuck my yum. And my yum is being angry at things. Yeah. Do not take that away from me. Yeah. It's, it's sad. But uh, I'm very proud of you for seeing someone being lovely and celebrating them and enjoying them and spreading love. He was being awesome. And it just, again, it was he, Monday morning in an airport, 6 a.m. And like, he was think just of how happy. Friggin' exhausted. And even if he wasn't happy, he's like, I'm actually going to maybe prevent some murder, some abuse. Who knows what I'm pre- <laughs> by preventing? Being, by being good. Uh, in a weird way, I'm being a little superhero right yeah. now by just making someone walk away going, oh, Right? Like, well, that's sort of. I, I feel like somebody was about to fly home and have a fight with their spouse, and they walked away from him going, I let that go. That, it just, what am I doing? Let's calm down. Um, that's what I try to do in life like, yeah. make people happier after they've been with me than when even my ringtone for when I wake up <laughs> is when I wake up in the morning, my yeah. alarm song is by Carol King. Yep. You've got to get up every morning with a smile on your face and show the world all the love in your heart. Then people gonna treat you better. Aww. You're gonna find, yes you will, that you're beautiful as you feel. Well, mine is a Gigi Allen's I Kill Everything I Fuck. <laughs> Alright, okay. we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Folks, don't really have any picks this week. We've been so crazy busy, and I'm about to travel again. Um, I can highly recommend, highly recommend, the George Carlin's American Dream two-part documentary on um, HBO Max. It is a it's a truly inspiring film. Beyond it just being about a very funny comedian, it's about someone who life was way... I thought I knew a lot about George Carlin, and I didn't. Uh, that dude went through some serious darkness and overcame it with... Uh, intellect, um, love, and kind of pure orneriness, but it's all really beautiful. So let's answer one of your uh, emails, and next episode we're going to catch up with all of these. And we really, really thank you guys sending these in. Uh, next episode we're going to catch up with everyone's uh, speak pipes and emails. But this email says, Hooves was the best episode yet. That's right. Uh, th- she's, of course, talking about, Do you have any hooves? which is the episode with Claire Grant and Seth Green. Hello, Pat and Meredith. The episode of our show. Of our show. Yeah. Yeah, hooves. This is an email about our show. Hello, Pat and Meredith. I look forward to each episode and listen on my way to and from work. I thought Seth and Claire were great guests, and the episode went by too quickly. I do have a question for each of you. Meredith, when you and Pat were texting each other in the beginning, I'm sure you went and listened to Patton's comedy bits, in your opinion. What was the most outrageous one that made you ask, where did this come from? Patton, in your opinion, what is Meredith's strongest performance and why? Wow. Those are good questions. Yeah. 
I did. That's true. When you and I were first uh, getting to know each other as we were texting, mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about you. <laughs> I really, and at the, at the beginning, I didn't really care because I wasn't like flirting with you or anything. Right. So it wasn't yeah, like yeah. it really mattered to me what mm-hmm. your deal was. But as I started to like you, I was like, oh, I need to kind of see how he talks. Like, I need, what's going on here, I need yeah. to watch him move. I need to see his thing. <laughs> I need to get his like vibe. Does he move like Jagger? And so I watched. Uh, some of your specials, mm-hmm. and of course, I watched uh, Young Adult because I knew there was a sex scene in there with Charlize <laughs> Theron, and I was like, I need to see what his deal is because, like, am I going to be attracted to him? Yeah. Um. So. And despite seeing my sex scene with Charlie, she was still attracted to me somehow. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but I, it's hard for me to remember all of his bits. Um, I just specifically remember it's not really all that funny it was just like I think I just wanted to know what your life was all about and you said something (laughs) like you were talking about having sex with someone and that you're and then you looked at the audience and you're like yes I have sex people I'm a a comedian people like me or something no no I said it as a joke I go folks I I, um, I'm on basic cable I get pussy yeah that's what you said and I thought that was pretty funny and then um so that that bit was funny to me because I was like, "Really? Is he a player? Does he get like?" I was like, "Does it? What does it? What <laughs> no. does that mean?" He's he take he, that seriously. He, I literally go, "I'm on basic cable. I get pussy." Yeah, but I was just thinking to myself, like, when he's on stage, like, do people like do groupies like hang out afterward? No. Like, oh no, they that, don't. Right, but that's but my <laughs> takeaway. See, I was going at it from a different thing. I wasn't going to like enjoy your show. I was going mm-hmm. to like vet you <laughs> and so I was tr- I was picking apart everything you said like is that somebody I would like <laughs> you, you did not get that bit okay um no I got the bit mm-hmm. but I was looking at it from a different perspective okay I was looking at it like I'm trying to get to know who you are oh. okay well uh my uh favorite performances of uh, Meredith and there's a lot um but for me it's a tie well the one I mean the one that she's most known for is uh, the journey of Nanny Gam, but the reason that I'm picking it is because it was her first starring role. She is 15 years old and carrying 14, a, 14, and carrying a friggin' Disney movie, and um, and she's on screen with Scatman Crothers and Ray Wise and John Cusack and you know Lainey Kazan and all these um, you know solid pros, and she is just inhabiting and owning this role. It is a very very naturalistic. Feels like one of those great early 70s um, child performances like um, uh, uh, Lutter, that kid with last name is Lutter in um, uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, or um, Tatum O'Neill in The Bad News Bears. It's not or Paper a Moon. cutesy. Well, Paper Moon is a little she more. She wasn't cutesy. Well, she, but, but she was more, um, uh, uh, how can I put it? more trained, like there's something, in, in Bad News Bears, she's so raw and so real, like it looks like you're watching a real kid. Mm-hmm. And in, in Journey of Night Again, it's like you're watching this real person. It's, it's very non-Hollywood in the best way. And like it was not very, a typical Disney movie. It was no. very gritty, very dark, um, very right. real. Yeah, so that was that, I mean, again, to come out of the gate with something like that is beyond impressive. And then um, there's an episode of a show called Cold Case, called Ravaged, where um, uh, Meredith is an alcoholic who dies in the snow uh, next to a dog she tries to rescue. And it is an amazing, it's, it's, it's one thing to play the woman who is trying not to drink and is 
you know, going through the, the meltdown. There's a great scene at the beginning when she's with her. Delirium trying to... Kids having the DTs. But what's even more amazing is in the middle of the episode when she is given in and actually had a couple drinks and she has that kind of, that drunk's confidence of the kind of drunk that I have to drink myself sober just so I can act normal. But it's that you, you really play the hyper normal of uh, someone who's just getting their buzz on when you're bragging about used to be a figure skater and the way you're sitting it's like oh she's playing that happily buzzed person that's a really hard thing to nail and you actually got that just right oh thanks and it's hard to do the only the only other i've seen it done really really well is in um the movie match point uh that woody allen film match point when uh, scarlett johansson um, her character has a couple of drinks on an empty stomach, so she's not drunk, but she's got that just, I'm, I'm feeling it, and I'm a little more confident than I deserve to be right now, and I'm, and I, that's the only other time I've seen someone absolutely nail that, because it's not drunk, it's the, oh, I actually, this, this is actually helping me right hmm. now. This isn't a hindrance, and this is why I have a problem. Because I'm always going to be chasing this state, which can never be sustained. Hmm. And watch the scene when she's sitting at the table talking to, is it a bunch of frat guys? or who Yeah. Are you talk, yeah. And then they try to date rape me. Yeah. By the way, that's something you always got to remember when you watch actors. On, I remember I saw a film with a friend of mine. There's a movie called um, Volcano with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and I think... Um, Anne Heche, where a volcano erupts in um, um, Los Angeles, as you know, that's a huge danger that a volcano is going to come up out of the La Brea tar pits. I don't know if you saw a volcano when it came out. Uh-huh. Big, big disaster movie. And um, there's this amazing character actor um, who I love and whose name I always blank on, and I'm going to tell it to you right now. His name is. As I look through my context, John Carroll Lynch, the amazing John Carroll Lynch plays a subway driver who um, lava is flowing through the L.A. subway system. I, m- I remember I met him and talked about this. We were both laughing about it. His heroic subway conductor, j- like, picks up a child because they're not going to be able to jump over this lake of lava. He jumps into the lake of lava and then begins to burn oh alive, God. but then tosses the child to safety. And I saw it with a <laughs> friend of mine, and my friend was very upset by that scene. I'm like, yes, that scene is very upsetting, and it's very graphic. But I'm, I can tell you from an actress perspective, he came over and was like, hang on, I'm going to jump into a lake of lava, save a child, and then burn to death heroically. Like, that was the greatest day of his life. <laughs> yeah, totally. And he said, yes, because that's exactly how I felt. Like, I knew that my either then girlfriend, maybe now wife, but he's like, I knew they'd be upset with the scene, but I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah, as an when actor, I opened the script, I'm like, this is going to be the greatest there's day. There's nothing better than when you get to sink your teeth into a gritty oh. role and really do it and, like, be just destroyed, but, like, emotionally. Yes. Ugh, it's incredible. But, by the way, uh, she asked me about your stand-up and your bits oh, and stuff, yeah. so I was talking about your stand-up. But just as an actor, and only because you just said those amazingly beautiful, kind things about mm-hmm. me, I really did watch your performance in Young Adult, not just for the sex scene. I want to see what you're all about, and also big fan. Well, most people just watch it for the sex scene. And they just I, forward to it. And so. I just thought you were so good and so talented, and seeing you as an actor, like... Yeah, you're an incredible comedian. You're super funny. But it was seeing you as an actor that made me go, oh, that depth is so, uh, yeah. You're fabulous, and I love you, and, I'm, and I uh, admire your work. Uh, yeah. And then really quickly, he does a list of recommendations here. Uh, a graphic novel, I Kill Giants, 
also the Crow Curare um, music. Uh, check out a, a Don't Delete the Kisses by Wolf Alice and the trip by Still Corners. So thank you, Johnny Burleson. I'm going to check all those things out. And thanks to all of you guys for writing in. We will get to your emails, and we will answer your speak pipes. Your voice can be on our show. If Next week, us. we're catching up with all of them. Um, so have a great week, and thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah. Bye. Bye. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio. A podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.